What's up, Ego Hackers? Welcome to the season finale of Eight Rules for Love. Today's episode, we're going to be discussing the INFP archetype. I will admit that this is the second time that I have filmed this particular lecture. Kind of had to be necessary because um, the wind, the weather got out of control the last time, but also for some reason, I was about an hour into the lecture, and uh, well, let's just say it stopped recording so also it's pretty windy right now so it may actually just be okay you know I the wind is coming this way so shouldn't be in the microphone even though it's super mega windy so hopefully it doesn't bother you all that much but if it is too much about our worst case I'll refilm it no big deal I'm just enjoying the sunshine uh, smoking a cigar right here on the edge of the lake, which you probably can't see, but you can probably hear it behind you. No big deal. So INFPs, being in a relationship with them, gosh, they're so uh, fascinating, aren't they? Kind of a little hard to, uh, kind of hard to uh, be in a relationship with them, similar to uh, INTPs. But at least INFPs are affiliative and focused on doing the right thing, right? Right? Except there's one thing you got to understand about INFPs. Similar to the INTP, the INTP is triple systematic. They're always so focused on doing the best thing or finding the best way of doing something. And this even means like an INTP, for example, thinks that there's an actual best way in terms of approaching relationships, right? INFPs, however, are kind of the complete opposite. They're triple interest. So they're more of like, hey, what can I get out of the relationship compared to what you can get out of the relationship? Let's make it an equal trade. But at the same time, I still need to make sure that I'm prioritizing myself over you just in case. And this comes out and manifests in multiple ways in their romantic relationships. Like, on, a, on, a, on an everyday basis. You don't believe me? Well, you kind of need to come to know INFPs and what actually drives them a little bit more in their life. And there's one thing that drives INFPs the most. And it's one of the reasons why they're so triple interest. And that's because... That's because... <laughs> well, they're always trying to get themselves power and put themselves in positions of power. Not many INFPs that are actually willing to admit this, but the reason why is, is because in their life, especially since they are part of the mind temple, their deadly sin is the deadly sin of sloth, for example. And uh, what drives them, especially in that direction in terms of their deadly sin is uh, something known as authority everything an INFP does in their life is basically to gain for themselves a position of authority or a position of power for themselves, over themselves, over their own life, but also over other people. And if you think that this doesn't include their sexual relationships, you're out of your mind. 
you're basically out of your mind. You don't literally actually know what you're talking about. I have to adjust uh, the camera here because of the wind. So, but anyway, yeah, you, you really, really don't know what you're talking about. Or at least they don't because it's like, hey, I'm just gonna like make it look like I'm not really interested in power. I'm gonna make it look like I'm not actually interested in authority. So yeah. And then in the meantime, I'm just gonna fake it until I make it because I believe in manifestation. I'm going to manifest power in my life because I'm just gonna fake it until I make it, right? I'm gonna take on a form and so that I can become the form, right? This is ultimately the, the main motivation for INFPs in their lives. And it's this motivation that most people just are completely unaware of when it comes to INFP sexual relationships because they don't understand that in order for an INFP to actually be comfortable, feeling safe, feeling secure within their relationship, that basically means the INFP would have to have some kind of leverage over you. Oh, isn't that so great? Oh, isn't that so great? Doesn't that make all you crusaders out there just cringe like it does to me? I guess that makes sense why the ESTP archetype is their most natural sexual relationship as their bronze pair. Because ESTPs often have this mentality of take what you can, give nothing back. Well, that's more of a pirate INTJ uh, perspective, but really they, uh, the ESTP is more like, hey, you know, let's see what I can get away with. And sometimes that means, you know, potentially taking advantage of people, especially people that they're in a relationship with. I mean, hey, they are lust, deadly sin, which comes with them objectifying people and ESTPs definitely objectify people sexually. And to say that they don't objectify the INFP would be absolute BS. But the reality of the situation is, is that the INFP, in order to be in a relationship with that ESTP, always, always has to be holding some kind of leverage over that ESTP the whole time, whether or not the ESTP is completely aware of it or not. And they're usually not aware of it because expert intuition demon is not even aware of the consequences of their own actions. <laughs> By now you guys are like, what? See, it's just, what are you saying about me? What are, you, what are you saying about my love? What are you saying about INFPs? Really? They can't be in a sexual relationship or feel safe, secure, or even participate in a sexual relationship unless they have some kind of bargaining power, unless they have some kind of leverage, unless they have some kind of authority, or unless they have some kind of power over me? Yes, folks, yes. That is exactly what I'm telling you. That is exactly what I'm telling you. That is exactly how they work. Make no mistake. Does that make them bad people? No. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Here's the situation. All social interaction is a form of manipulation. Every relationship at some level is transactional. It can be unconditional. Not very often it is. But, you know, ESTPs, they're like hyper-transactional in their relationships. Same with INFJs. 
they just they just are but especially ESTPs I think ESTPs are actually a little bit worse in terms of being transactional in relationships but guess what so are NFPs and especially INFPs they are hyper transactional as well but here's the thing everybody all of the 16 types are transactional the difference is is that the INFP what they get out of it in terms of their relationship transactions is power it's authority and if they can't have power and authority in their sexual relationship they're not even going to bother do you know why because power and authority is everything an INFP actually wants whether or not they're actually willing to admit it or not that is literally the number one factor that gets them, that motivates them. If they can actually get themselves out of bed. That's literally the entire point in living. That's the entire point. That's where they come from. That's, that, that, that's their, it's, it's almost, well, it's not exactly their life purpose, but it's what helps drive them towards a life purpose. The life purpose is to bring wisdom into the world and uh, remove foolishness. They're there to discover the principles for success, principles for a higher quality of life, and then present those principles to other people in the form of wisdom so that humanity always has a future and is moving forward. The problem with that is, is that oftentimes in doing so, they have to collect for themselves power. They have to collect themselves authority, authority over their own life, and authority over other people. Because they realize that they can't really stop people's foolishness unless they're exercising some form of power. They need power to get them access to certain knowledge in order for them to discover the recipe for success, the principles behind success, their own philosopher's stone, as it were, so they can transmute the dreary bullshit of their life and bring about themselves to success The problem is, absolute power corrupts absolutely, and eventually they can become a corrupted format, and then instead of fulfilling their life's purpose of bringing wisdom to the world, they end up bringing mass foolishness to the world. Like, you know, red flag laws. Really? Mental health? Do you know how easy it is to make a straw man argument and say that literally anybody has bad mental health? You could, and, and, and wait, by the way, society is structured in such a way where you're literally setting up people in Western society for having poor mental health anyway. So it's very easy to take their firearms away from them that protects them from their oppressive government, really? But you know, those INFPs in power, and there's a lot of them in Congress, for example, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Why do they why do they want power so much? Like what what's the point, right? Why is it so important to have it in the relationships? Well, they need it in their relationships because they're trying to have power everywhere else in their life, but if they don't have power, if they don't have authority within the context of their own sexual relationship, then if they can't have it there, like cuz cuz you'd think if they have no power outside of, you know, their own roof, then they have to have some kind of power. You know, and power is more of like a men type of thing. But here's the thing. Influence in terms of the INFP woman. Well, guess what? Influence is a form of power. It's still a form of authority. Okay? So that's kind of how INFP females work. INFP males work. But it's still power. It's still the same thing. There's no difference, people. I don't care if you pull out a dictionary right now. 
One is overt, one is covert. But guess what? The INFP overall is still pretty covert as it is. They don't want to be exposed. They don't want people to know that they're power hungry, authority hungry, authoritarian. They don't want that. Because they're aware of the social stigma. They worry about the social stigma with their extroverted feeling nemesis. They worry about it all the time. What is the true definition of power? Power is a person's ability to change, like real power, true power, is a person's ability or authority over their own life to change the circumstances of their life on a whim. That's what power actually is. That's what it is. That's what it means. That's what it's for. And INFPs, they need it. They need it. Do you know why they need it, folks? Do you know why they need power and authority? It's actually, it's, it's also a need, not just a want. They need it because they're wallflowers, oftentimes. They don't engage with people. People overlook them. People don't even notice them. They're not noticed because of their trickster function, naturally. And that can cause a lot of problems. That's why they're not noticed. So if they're not even noticed, like how, how are people ever going to respect them? Their TE inferior needs respect, right? They need respect. And the only way that, that, that and they're so outcome focused. Remember, INFPs are triple outcome. They're not even like, they're literally that person that's like, hey, I need to go buy something at the store. They will call ahead or they'll go onto their phones and look like, if, let's say they're going to Target or Walmart and they go on the app and they find out if what they want is actually in stock or what they need is actually in stock because they're not going to bother leaving their home unless there's a guaranteed outcome that they're going to go get it. If they have authority, that means they have a guaranteed position of power that allows them to change their life circumstances on a whim because they can change the life circumstances of other people on a whim, right? That way, people are in effect forced to respect them. It's what their ISTP superego is all about, forcing other people to respect them. Because from their position, I worked hard. I earned this. I earned this. I earned this power. I campaigned for it. I earned it. I got educated for it. And that's why they're often politicians, for example. That's why they're, uh, you know, running board of directors. The CEO of uh, Bulletproof Coffee right now, he is an INFP. I can't stand the guy, but he's an INFP. And he's trying to do his best. I get it. He fails consistently. Because if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always had. He's a very slothful dude, right? We'll talk more about that. Sloth is the deadly sin of uh, INFPs. But yes, that's ultimately what's going on. That is what INFPs do. And if you don't understand that, if you can't accept their need to be respected, their need to be regarded, their need, like, their need to have power and authority in their life. Because no one is ever going to give an INFP 
especially an INFP man in this day and age, the time of day. Look at Robert Greene. He's the most successful INFP in the history of the world, in my opinion. And I mean, do you think he do you think he's a real catch? Do you think he can get all the girls? Think about it. Think about it. Yeah, he's 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 flaming rich, that's for sure. I don't know, I just invented flaming rich. Because why not? Why not? Why not? I can't I can do that, right? He's rich. Oh, there's the wind again. Hopefully it doesn't bother this. But the point is, is that, like, you guys just got to understand, if you're not willing to accept an INFP's uh, power-seeking, authority-seeking behavior in, in, their, in their relationship, if you're not willing to allow them to have some kind of leverage within the relationship, you're never going to have a good relationship with them. Like, you're just going to have to accept it. You're just going to have to figure that out. But you know what's fascinating? ESTPs, they're okay with it. ENFJs, they're okay with it. You know, their golden pair and their bronze pair, which are like the highest compatibilities for them. Even their pedagogue, the ENTJ, is okay with it. Because even the ENTJ, as their pedagogue, recognizes that they need power as well. And they can go to the INFP who effectively becomes a power broker. You see what I'm saying? And no one can be a better power broker than an INFP. Nobody. It's so funny watching ESTJs thinking they can do it. They suck at it. INFPs, however, they're amazing at brokering power. Don't. <laughs> don't. Like, like, mark my words, you know, uh, don't be foolish. This is reality, okay? Besides, oftentimes, a lot of people need to realize that power is sexy. And that's ultimately what INFPs realized. Their level of attraction, their level of sexiness, especially amongst INFP men who oftentimes are just visually ugly and unappealing, their sex appeal literally comes from their power, from their position, from their authority, from their reputation, people respecting them. Like, that's how they do it. That's how they do it. So if you're not willing to play their game, they're not going to stick around for you. They're not going to want you. They're going to move on to someone else. Or at worst, they're just going to pretend you don't exist take their attention to someone else. They're an INFP man. They're going to take their attention to some other woman. Okay? If they're, if they're a woman and you're, and you're married to an INFP woman, she's not going to make you a priority at all. Her top priority is going to be getting authority and power and leverage over you in order to restore what is missing in the relationship. You aren't going to be the priority until she has that. So you have to kind of help her get it. So then all of a sudden, you as her man is a priority again. That's it. Isn't it weird? Isn't it funny that INFP women oftentimes get into relationships, sexual relationships with men who have power so they can utilize their men's power? It's how they're attracted to men. It all comes back down to power and authority, folks. That's how it works for these people. You have to accept it. And you have to be okay with it. If you can't do that, stop.
stop being in the relationship because it will fall apart. That's the reality, okay? So as part of the introduction, this is what you need to understand. Because like, I mean, it's basically rule zero. This is the defining factor behind all of the eight rules for loving INFPs. The defining factor. And trust me, given how transactional they are, and sure, they can get unconditional eventually, especially when they get attached to you with their NI critic. And eventually, they'll become less and less transactional in your relationship over time. But at the beginning of your relationship, like in the honeymoon phase, where it's all about people's wants and not necessarily needs, it's very transactional. When it shifts to post-honeymoon phase, when the relationship is more about needs instead of wants, they become less transactional over time. They'll become more attached to you as they become more comfortable. The more authority that you allow them to have, the more uh, decision-making power you allow them to have, the more you factor them in, the more, um, the more you respect them and show them respect and get other people to respect them, the more they will be loyal to you and attached to you because they have that loyalty virtue, right? And you give that to them, they will be diehard loyal and they will not be able to let go of you and that will be how it is for the rest of their life. This is why, okay, I have to say this, this is why INFPs oftentimes get into sexual relationships with ESTJs because ESTJs want the same thing, power and authority, and the INFP thinks they can get that power and authority from the ESTJ, and then they find out later they're actually competing for the same thing, and then the relationship falls apart. Welcome to duality, right? Uh, you know, that, that thing that Socionics claims is like the best relationship for INFPs. <laughs> Let me go barf. Blech. Yeah, right. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know. But this is literally what's going on, folks. This is literally how they live their life. Yeah, they start off pretty transactional because they're triple outcome. They want to have that guaranteed outcome. They want to be able to have the uh, power to change their life circumstances, you know, the man, the men need to have that authority in their life, that power in their life to change their life circumstances on a whim. Or an INFP woman needs a man in her life who has that ability and can share that ability with her and demonstrate that ability with her so she can eventually have that ability as well, that power as well. That's it. That is the core of it. That is the foundation of a sexual relationship with an INFP, folks. That's reality, right? And so ends my introduction for this lecture, and so begins the eight rules for loving INFPs. And if the first rule of the eight rules for love, which is attached to introverted feeling hero, and if you're not already aware of it by now, I suggest you pay a little bit more attention because here it is. Factor in your INFP for decision-making so they feel powerful and have authority. If you don't factor them in, they're gonna go out of their way to seek out having leverage, to seek you out for having leverage from you. They are going to, because here's the thing, if you don't give them power and authority, they will take it in the relationship, one way or another. And then they will spend all their time and attention and resources on trying to gain leverage over you. 
So how about not enabling that? How about actually sharing your authority and by giving them authority, giving them decision-making power, factor them in to all their decisions. This is very easy. You go up to your INFP and you ask them, hey, how do you feel about this? Factor them in. Find out what their opinion is. Ask them how they feel about it. Ask them if they have a principle of success ready to go based on what it is you're planning on doing before you do it and just factor them in. Factor them in to everything, okay? Because if you don't, they will instead go out of the way to get leverage over you and it'll make them even more transactional. You wanna reduce their transactional behavior? You wanna reduce them trying to leverage power and authority over you at any time? They'll even borrow other people's power and authority, other people's respect, other people's reputation, people that are not even in your relationship and take and augment their power, make those people's authority their own authority and use it to screw you. Use it to gain leverage over you. Why do you think INFP women are vicious in family law? Think about it. Why do you think INFPs as sex partners post-relationship almost always sue their former partner and take them to court? They will use authority. They will use the system and they will use the rules to their advantage and screw you. And that is how their treachery vice comes out. They will betray you with authority. They will betray you with the rules. They will betray you with the system because you weren't bothering to factor them in which is you being unloving to an INFP. What the hell? Seriously, what the hell are you doing? Let them, like, do you not understand these people, okay? They're really hard to understand. But once you expose what it is they're actually trying to get out of life, what it is they're actually trying to get, it becomes entirely easy for them to have a relationship for you, with you and for you to have a relationship with them. It's entirely easy. It's, and, and it all starts with rule one, factor them in, factor them. Do you know why it's so important? Because nobody factors in an INFP. People don't even notice them. They're like the wallflower. They're so behind the scenes. They're so discreet and so discretionary that it's like, oh, there's an INFP. I had no idea. So, of course, in their sexual relationships, in their, in their romantic relationships, they need that kind of relationship with somebody. They absolutely need that. Are you going to be there to give it to them? Are you going to be there to love them in the way that they need to be loved? It's not hard. This is why this is rule number one. Yes, it's attached to introverted feeling hero. But sometimes, folks, the hero just needs what it needs, okay? It really needs what it needs. And luckily, their, you know, their, their affection relationship, which is their golden pair. So uh, their affection type is uh, the ENFJ. Their uh, pedagogue type is the ENTJ, it's SE child. Then their natural relationship is ESTP, uh, followed by their intrigue, which is ESFP, for example. These top four types, they, for the most part, understand, but especially the affection and especially the natural, okay? The ENFJ and the ESTP, they just get it. And they always 
factor in their INFP. And when they don't, well, sometimes they fail. They can fail. Yes, that is a thing. Failure happens in relationships, but they can always go back to rule one. Always factor in your INFP in literally everything. That way, you don't have to deal with their treachery. Treachery that they use to get themselves back into a position of power and authority within the relationship. Because don't forget their triple outcome. If they feel they will, if they don't have power or authority in their relationship, if their input doesn't matter, are they going to be comfortable? Are they going to be loyal to you? No. The answer is no. So if you want to avoid that outcome, that's what you do. You solve that problem that way. All right. <laughs> Rule number two. Rule number two is uh, as equally fascinating. Equally fascinating. So, for example, this is attached to expert intuition parent. And most people think like, you know, oh, yeah, expert intuition parent, you know, just make them feel wanted. But here's the problem with expert intuition parent, folks. The problem with that is, the problem ultimately is, well, they're so pessimistic that you have to prove to them over and over and over that you want them. They're always going to be very pessimistic. They're going to be very... Um, what is it, uh, cynical about whether or not you actually want them. So guess what that means? Expert intuition parent is going to test you over and over and over. You want to be, you want to avoid tests, especially, you know, for example, if it's an INFP woman and she's shit testing you, she will shit test you. That's what women do in general, but she's going to shit test you. Why? Because she needs to know and actually have it proven not just by words but by concrete action that you actually want them so for example how does that happen why does that happen why does that happen because expert intuition parent is very aware of fair weathered friends fair weathered people people who look like they want them people and then then they all of a sudden just be like oh i'm just going to use the infp for what power and authority that they have get what i want and move on I didn't really want them. I just made it look like that I wanted them. Why? Because, you know, this is the INFP projecting on other people because this is also how the INFP treats people. As soon as they're triple interest based, right? As soon as they get what they want, they withdraw their attention and they move on. Part of that treachery vice. So they don't like it when people are using their own treachery advice against them. So they protect themselves with a healthy or a semi-healthy amount of paranoia and they can be very paranoid but it all just stems from the fact that you have to prove to them over and over and over that you actually want to be in a relationship with them so guess what you're gonna have to jump through a lot of hoops because any normal person or any normie that they come into contact with do you think those people will want them enough do you think those people will actually care about them enough I mean, look at Robert Greene. Is he, is, he, is he like the most desirable Chad you've ever seen? Think about it. It's pretty obvious. It's obvious. They're just so used to people giving up on them. INFPs are very used to it. And you think their SI child is down for having yet again, living another situation where yet another person gives up on them? Another person takes advantage of them? Do you think they even have the patience for that? Especially given the fact that the INFP is literally the most patient of the 16 types. But eventually, they shouldn't have patience anymore because then they start not even being able to value themselves. 
or even make themselves a priority. Because it's like, wow, this person just gives up too easily. They give up on me. So rule number two is that simple. Don't give up on them. Don't give up on the INFP. Even if they make you jump through hoops. Even if they make you over and over and over again. Prove to them that you actually want them. They're like, it's really important. But here's the thing, like, words... Words are not enough. You can't just say, oh, I want you. Because their SI child would be like, yeah, I heard that before from like everybody else in my whole life. And you're going to be, well, how dare you, Mr. INFP or Miss INFP, judge me uh, on other people based on the experiences you've had with other people. I'm my own person. Here's the thing, folks. Their SI child is so sensitive that their any parent cannot take that risk. They can't take that risk. On top of with how risk averse they already are with their NI critic, they're not going to take the risk. They're not gonna take the risk. You're just gonna have to get used to the fact that they're going to judge you by the experience that they've had in the past. This is why an INFP woman who has a very high body count should be completely avoided at all costs, typically, because, because when a woman has sex with a man, See, she doesn't catch feelings until it happens. Men can catch feelings before then, whatever. But a woman typically does not catch feelings until she has sex with a man. And a woman, an INFP woman who's had sex with a lot of men, she's caught a lot of feelings, okay? So she has a lot of emotional baggage. What ends up becoming a burden for the man. And on top of having that emotional baggage when you compound that with extrovert intuition parent making you go through hoops and the fact that they're already judging you based on other experiences they've had with people in the past it makes it extra mega mega hard this is one of the reasons why women with lower body counts have higher value than women who don't mark my words that's literally how men see it especially the highest value men and if a man is okay with that well guess what he's a low value man you might want to consider that especially when you women hit epiphany phase and then all of a sudden you realize that your looks can't get you uh, the top guys anymore and then you kind of get a little frantic as soon as you hit 26, 27 and realize that you're starting to age and you're getting closer and closer to your sexual expiration. You're not really going to get very far. That's why you need to go out of your way to reduce the amount of sex partners you actually have so that you're actually viable for a relationship. If you don't do that, it's going to blow up in your face. So, rule number two, do not give up on your INFP and be willing to take solid, concrete action to prove to them, demonstrate to them, do not explicate. Always demonstrate, never explicate. I don't care if you're an, I, I don't care if you're a, uh, uh, an NJ woman or an SP woman and you're in a relationship with an INFP man, words are cheap talk is cheap and they know it they know how cheap talk is because their own talk is cheap and they use cheap talk on everybody they're not going to allow someone to swindle them they're not going to allow they're not going to accept cheap talk from anybody especially somebody who they share their body with that's not going to happen it's completely a waste it will not happen they're not going to allow it and if they see that your talk is cheap because you just easily give up on them, do you think they're going to be comfortable being in a relationship with you? No. So you have to not give up. And not giving up means, 
by taking concrete action where you're even willing to jump through every single hoop that they put in front of you, every little obstacle that they put in front of you, and they will put obstacles in front of you to test you to see if you still actually want them. Are you willing to do that? Can you handle that? That's what they need. That's rule number two. Rule number three, always challenge their comfort zone. But why? You know, challenging comfort zone is important for INTPs as well with their SI child because you're trying to keep them in a mode of discovery. But with the INFP, it's something completely different. You're challenging their comfort zone to get them out of their mode of sloth because they be lazy. They be basically the laziest out of all of the types with the exception of maybe the ESTJ, but they super, super lazy, super lazy. They're just not willing to get out of bed sometimes. They're not willing to seize the day because they're so triple outcome. It's like, why bother getting out of bed? Why bother waking up? Why bother doing anything? Because it's not going to get me more power or authority. It's not gonna help me change my life circumstances on a whim. It's not gonna give me any more respect. It's not gonna get me what I actually want out of life. So why bother? So you have to learn how to carefully challenge their SI child so that they are not in their comfort zone of sloth. And that comfort zone is really just self-defeatism. You have to show them what they've been through. You have to show them that they're not defeated. You have to show them that, hey, I'm going to be going on this journey, or at least, hey, there's these other outcomes that you didn't consider. You should do these things so that you could actually get better outcomes. But if you're aware of that, you can have a better relationship with them. It's a big deal. It's an absolute big deal. So you have to challenge them. You gotta show them pain and the pain of getting up in the morning. You know, short-term pain leads to long-term power. Now you could say, you know, you could do that for like an INTP where it's like short-term pain leads to long-term pleasure to kind of appeal to their gluttony approach or their need for discovery in their life. But with an INFP, it's different. Short-term pain will lead to long-term power and authority. And that means happiness, ultimately, to an INFP. That's why you challenge the SI child. And you tell them when you are challenging them, telling them what they should do. Be like, hey, this is what you're going to get out of it. And help them understand that, yeah, it may not be guaranteed now, but it'll compound over time with compound interest. The more experiences you have with your SI child, the more it compounds in your life, which means you're going to get a really high return on investment and you will be able to guarantee yourself those power and authority and that respect that you're looking for to be able to change your life circumstances on a whim. That's how it is. Challenge the SI child. Remind them that short-term pain leads to long-term power and authority and guide them in that direction. Do it so that you are not enabling their sloth. Challenging their SI child, challenging their comfort zone guarantees that they will not be slothful anymore. Mm. And they'll actually start taking the initiative on things in life. You gotta understand, you gotta teach the, uh, the, uh, the INFP, nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? The more you take the initiative, because you're out of your comfort zone, the more likely, the more chances, the more opportunities you'll have. You, got, you just have to tell SI child that if you don't get up out of bed, there's a huge opportunity cost. And you're gonna wake up one day powerless. And you're even making yourself powerless now. The, what power and authority that you have now is actually in a state of decay. You have to remind your INFP 
that power and authority and respect actually decays, okay? It is in a state of entropy. And they need to get off their ass and take initiative in their life, okay? This is how you love them. That's rule three. Rule number four, go out of your way to help your INFP to become an authority and to gain actual power and actual regard and actual respect from other people. Go out of your way constantly. Like it's a, it's a big deal. If you're not willing to do that, why are they even in a relationship with you? They're probably in a relationship with you anyway because they believed that you could help them get authority in their life and authority over their own life. That you, they, they believe that you could help them have power. Like that, that, that's probably the entire reason why it's there. But if you're going out of your way and you're embarrassing them, you're shaming them, you're making them look bad, you're causing other people to think less of them, or causing their children to think less of them, you are thinking less of them, if you're acting that way, they're just gonna be treacherous to you. They're gonna betray you. They're gonna lash out at you. Maybe even sometimes physically violent with you because you know their super ego will come out because it's like, this is not what I signed up for. I signed up to be with a person who's gonna help me in this area of my life, but you're not. So goodbye. I'm gonna go with somebody else, goodbye. And they're gonna move on and they will betray you and their treachery, there's nothing like INFP treachery, folks. They will betray you in every area of your life. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. <laughs> it's even worse when it's an INFP woman who's scorned and this is how you scorn them. All of a sudden, you know, they, they believe, they imagine that you are going to help them gain more power and authority in their life and all of a sudden you're not. Oh, wow, congratulations, you played yourself because from their perspective, you played them. You can't do that. Always follow rule number four. Rule number five. This is, this is a bit confusing for a lot of people. Extroverted feeling nemesis, okay? It's all about being worried about not being caring, worried about being selfish. And you know, sometimes the INFP can be mega entitled all about self-aggrandizement, all about their position, all about their mood, all about their experience and their comfort and willing to sacrifice people, places, things in order to, you know, keep their mood good, to keep them in their comfort zone, to keep make it so that they feel safe. But the thing is, is that over time, that entitlement and that selfishness can get in the way and actually destroy their relationships with other people. Guess what? That means it will destroy their personal power. It will destroy whatever position or authority that they've gained in their life because they are uncaring. You have to show them, help them understand that like, hey, the more caring you are, the more people will like you. The more people that like you, the more power and influence you're going to gain in your life. And influence and power are basically the same. Just one's overt, one's covert. They're just the same thing. Two sides of the same coin. The coin that they want. The coin of authority, okay? Authority equals power plus influence. And that's what they're going for in their life. Power plus influence, okay? Help them become an authority, okay? And, and, and do it, you know, and you do this like, you know, you know, that's rule number four. Help them become authority amongst, you know, people that they know and people that they respect and get people to help them respect. But you also have to help them understand that their entitlement, their own personal sense of entitlement gets in the way of that all the time. So you need to be there to help remind them of that. You need to encourage them to be more caring. Also, 
If they choose to be caring on their own, get out of the way. I am so tired of seeing NFJs, for example, or FJs in general, getting in an INFP's way when it comes to them being caring. Sometimes they give money to people on the street. Sometimes they, they'll, they'll give people clothes. They can be really, really giving because that FI hero is just in a constant state of gratitude. All you have to do to observe rule five is just remind them to be grateful. And then when they are expressing gratitude and actually being grateful, get out of the way. Stop telling them that they're doing it wrong. It's the most stupid thing I've seen that FJs do to INFPs. It's disgusting. Ugh. Oh, it's really, really gross. This is one of the reasons why INFPs end up in relationships with ENTJs, their pedagogue type, because ENTJs are really, really generous. And that rubs off on the INFP and helps the INFP understand generosity as a way for them to express gratitude, okay? So rule number five, help them be caring or help them be grateful and prove their gratitude because it's also an aspect of leadership. It's an aspect of authority. They wanna keep their authority. They better show gratitude to those that put them in that position of authority. Help them learn to be grateful to those that give them power and that give them influence. It's not hard, that's rule five. Rule number six. Rule number six, it's attached to NI Critic. NI Critic is such a problem for INPs because they just don't want anything. They have literally no motivation. Do you know why? Because they're actually afraid that, like INTPs, they're afraid that their motivation is not accepted by other people. And INFPs are afraid that their true motivation is not, is not what people would think less of them if people knew what their true motivation was. Their true motivation being seeking power and authority and influence. That's their true motivation. So with their NI critic, all you have to do is tell them that it's okay for them to want those things and that you accept that and you're gonna help them get it. And then all of a sudden, they're motivated in their life. Oh wow, that's okay? You, you, you don't think less of me for that? And you're okay with that? Yeah, I'm gonna get up out of bed. Yeah, I'm gonna take initiative. Yeah, I'm gonna kick some major ass. Yeah, I'm going to achieve so much in my life because you're okay with that. And the person that I'm having sex with, the person that I'm in a romantic relationship with, my, my husband, my spouse, my wife, you know, you're, you're the person that I'm intimate with is okay with that and encouraging me. I've been trying to hide that my whole life. Because that's what INPs do. They hide their true intentions because, you know, like INTPs, they're afraid of not being accepted or not being liked with what they actually want. Whereas with INFPs, they're afraid that people think less of them, that they'll actually end up losing what power they have if other people know that they're trying to seek more power in their life. It's not wrong. It's okay. Let them accept it. Tell them that you don't think less of them for it. And then all of a sudden, they're motivated. Don't forget, they're also triple affiliative. So help them gain more for yourself and them simultaneously. Share it with them. Create a shared experience, you SE users, because SE users should be with INFPs. Create a shared experience of power seeking, of influence building, and authority uh, construction in their life and all of a sudden you'll have the literal most motivated person you've ever had ever wow the most motivated INP in existence 
how do you think Robert Greene is able to like, you know, create so many books over and over and over, a magnum opus after magnum opus, over and over and over, the 48 laws of power, the art of seduction, and so on and so forth. Why, how do you think it's even possible? It's possible because he sees what power and influence and authority it's given him. He's seen it. So he's motivated to do it more. You want to motivate your INFP? This is how you do it. Observe rule six. Help your INFP be honest with what they actually want, especially when it comes to authority, power, and influence. You'll have the most motivated INFP in the world. Tell them that you don't think less of them for it and do everything you can to create a shared experience to help them get it. That is rule six. Rule seven. You know, someone who's in power and someone who has authority, someone who is to be respected, you know, if they're not performing well in their position, what's going to happen? That's right. Their authority is going to get stripped from them. They'll have their authority stripped and they'll be left behind. So you're an SE user. You're all about performance, right? Typically, SE users are in sexual relationships with INFPs. So help them learn how to perform better. It will take their entire life to improve their own personal performance. Do everything in this area. Health and fitness helps them become a top performer. Getting proper sleep, avoiding high cortisol and stress, for example. They need to learn how to take care of themselves. And for some reason, INFPs, because of their deadly sin of sloth, are so comfortable in their own filth that this ends up not happening, which means that their performance goes down, which means people in their life, especially the people that have given them power and authority and influence in their life, will, ha will strip that power away from them. And literally, all of a sudden, they'll have a rebellion or a little revolt, a social revolt on their hands, maybe even within their own family. And all of a sudden, they're, a vic they're in the in intervention and they're like, oh crap. And then they're completely embarrassed and then they are ashamed. You want to help your INFP avoid shame and avoid embarrassment? Go out of your way to encourage them to perform better. It's all about personal performance. It's really important because the reality of the situation is, is without proper performance, they will lose their authority and have it stripped away from them. So help them perform better. This means like more shared experiences, help them learn skills like dancing, using proper tools, martial arts is another good thing as well. Uh, health and fitness, wellness. It's very, very important. It's so interesting how NFJs that they're super uh, uh, compatible with are obsessed with health and wellness. There's a reason for that. You, ESTPs as well, you just have to go out of the way and make them do it. They need to understand without proper performance, they will lose whatever authority that they've gained in their life. You cannot allow them to be comfortable in their own filth. Of course, if you're observing rule three, You'll be challenging their SI child such that they won't be comfortable in their own filth and you'd be doing a good job. And then the final rule, rule eight. And I've said this before in a previous lecture. Never criticize your INFP. That's stupid. Don't criticize them. Instead, get many people they actually respect to intervene and be like, hey, I don't think you should do this. But don't tell them they're a bad person. Don't tell them, you know, they're wrong per se. Just tell them that the outcome is not going to be good. Especially if there's risks in there, like losing their authority. That would be a huge risk, right? 
You gotta, but here's the thing. If you criticize them, they're just going to be so hurt at the criticism that it's not actually going to cause them to change for the better. Change is, is that they need to see that other people in authority are just telling them it's a bad idea. And here's the thing. If you don't have much authority in your life to the point where they respect you, do you think they're going to listen to you? They're not going to listen to anyone. They're only going, they're, they're, they are major respecters of authority because they themselves want to become an authority. So if you want them to be listened to you, make sure that you are an authority, okay? But if you are a person of true power and authority, what business does a person who has true power and authority as their lover criticizing them? What business, like, why does the person even need to criticize them? They already respect you, right? So don't criticize them. Instead, just help them. Help them understand that it's not going to work out for them. Help them understand that if they make this decision, it could create a mess that they'll have to clean up or that you will have to clean up. Doesn't matter. But just don't criticize them. Instead, get make yourself make sure yourself is someone who has position and authority in, in, in your life. You have the power to change the circumstances on your own life and you're trying to convey that or share that with your INFP. But here's the thing, if they're still not listening, bring in other authorities to help them realize what's happening good friend of mine he's an estp he's married to an infp woman they're having a really rough marriage and she would not listen to him at all what he had to do was go to therapy and put her in front of a, a therapist who had a lot of credentials a lot of authority a lot of power and through having this conversation with this enfj therapist all of a sudden the infp is like oh yeah i really have been a horrible wife my bad she took full responsibility for her actions and she immediately changed what was the ESTP doing up until that point? Criticizing her with TI Parent. How did that actually work? It basically ruined their marriage for years. It wasn't until that thing was handled and it was completely turned around. And it was turned around. And as a result, they finally were able to have a fantastic marriage, folks. Okay? That's why rule number eight stands. Never criticize them. Hell, why don't you read How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Chapter one literally says, never criticize. It especially applies to FI heroes, especially INFPs. Because if they're like, hey, if I'm being criticized right now, that's just you exposing how powerless I, I actually am. Because an INFP, especially an INFP woman, if they feel powerless, they are absolutely miserable. And that will just lead them to betraying you and using their treachery vice instead of having that hardcore everlasting loyalty that they'd be giving to you on a regular basis. You want them to stick around? Don't criticize them. Like that's super mega important. Anyway, folks, that concludes this lecture for eight rules uh, for loving INFPs. If you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, and enlightening, please subscribe to the channel, leave a like, do all those things. Uh, maybe uh, leave comments because like I read every comment i'd love to hear your comments on this particular episode especially since how uh fringe this one is so but yeah anyway um sounds cool uh sounds great look forward to the uh, next lecture series that we're going to be doing which i believe is season 24 and that will start uh next uh month uh here on the channel and on the podcast so anyway folks thanks for watching and i'll see you guys tonight on the discord <laughs>